I'll explain to you now what benefits this meditation technique which we've just done can bring and unfortunately this technique is sometimes or often called vipassana it's a misnomer the word vipassana means insight this is what we're hoping to gain no method is insight it's what we get out of it so we're going to call this sweeping which is its other name and also this one is part by part as you know what that means if you've just done it so this is part by part sweeping and that is a correct um, name for it it doesn't leave any doubt what we're trying to do although that too can lead to the idea that we are actually brushing something out with a broom please don't it has nothing to do with that because we don't have that physical aspect of it but what this what the value of this technique is is its um, real penetration of the physical which goes into the emotional and also sensations now when we have emotions they always manifest in the physical there's nothing we can do about it when we are happy we smile or we laugh if we're unhappy we cry we frown if we're angry we have an angry look on our face when we get tense or fearful our shoulders tense up when we are fearful very often we might have a blockage in the throat or the stomach might rumble we might have uh, much stronger reactions we may get ulcers in the stomach all sorts of reactions we cannot do anything about this physical reaction people for instance sometimes young people they're shy and something is being said that makes them feel awkward they blush well they'd much rather not blush of course but they still do doesn't happen as often anymore these days as it used to happen in my day <laughs> but it still happens we don't even want people to see our angry face but it is there and that's why our communication is not just through words there's everything is included the face the body language the feeling the uh, tone everything is there because there's all that behind it so whatever we feel emotionally we actually express physically body language but even far more subtle than that constant reaction in the body and we've having we've had emotions now for decades whatever many decades we've been around and while we've been washing the 16th of an inch of skin 
faithfully, diligently, once or twice a day, or maybe even more often, we haven't done anything about all that residue that's in there from all those emotions that have come and gone, but they've left behind a residual effect. And some of that is quite obvious and easily noticed in the aches and pains, in the contractions and tensions, and particularly if we try to find a physical cause and there isn't one. Well, it's obvious. It's just a residual effect of all the stuff we've been putting in there. Now, sometimes people think they've got to find out what it was, what their mother said when they were four, or what happened in school when they were 12 or why their first boyfriend or girlfriend didn't really love them, or anything like that, that's why they're having a backache now. Well, it's totally unnecessary to find out what happened 15 or 20 or 30 or 40 years ago. We're not going to change what our mother said when we were four, are we? She said it. Maybe she didn't even say it. Maybe we thought she said it. But what we can do is do something now, <coughs> this moment. And that's what this uh, technique, this method, actually addresses. It's another way of purification, of cleansing. It's that same cleansing effort that I talked about yesterday when I talked about the purification of our thought processes and then about the purification of our emotional processes. Obviously, that's high priority. But we need help. We need all the help we can get and not from out there from somebody who's got the same emotional problems and is just as unenlightened as we are. We need to help ourselves, and we can. We've got everything within us. We've got the seed of enlightenment within us. If that weren't so, the Buddha's teaching mission of 45 years would have been totally in vain. We've all got it. We've just got to make use of it. So here we have a method which is extremely helpful for that cleansing process. We haven't actually addressed any of that old residual effect because there's no way of addressing it. We can't get in there with soap and water. And if we haven't had a complete transformation of our emotions and of our thought processes, the old stuff is still in there and it's still playing havoc. It has one thing that it does to us. It has a physical unpleasantness with it. That's one thing. And of course, in a meditation retreat, that's very obvious because we are using the body in a way which don't, we don't usually do. It has other unpleasantnesses. Because of the residual effect in there, we are liable and bound to respond in the same old ways. Because of that residue there, when the same button is being pushed, the same answer comes out. Why we don't get tired of it is rather a mystery. When we notice ourselves responding 
over and over again to the same stimuli in the same way. The only reason that we are not tired of it and totally um, worried about the fact that this is happening is because we're not paying attention. If we were to pay attention to this constant repetition that we're doing, we would first of all start thinking, well now that can't be right, why am I doing this over and over again? And secondly, we'd try to do something about it, but we don't pay enough attention. So what happens is that is that all that residual effect of emotional um, residue that's in there is making us do that. And therefore, we don't even recognize that there is a possibility of doing it differently. So we have a cleansing, a purification, which is automatic. And therefore, this is a helpmate in our purification. Now, how come it's automatic? I've said it maybe 20 or 30 times during our guided meditation. One has to let go of that which one has experienced at one spot in order to go to the next spot. We can't keep this meditation going if we stay in one spot. So if you have a knee pain and you stick to it, you can't do the meditation. We've got to let go of it. So this letting go process is the automatic purification. And this is absolutely essential that we have this as an additional help for our purification process. Naturally, it's not enough. We have to do it in daily living. But the, to do it in daily living, because we do respond in the same way over and over again to the same kind of thing, it's so difficult to make that change that without this addition of the meditation process, it's almost impossible. That's why people respond in the same way when they're 70 as they did when they were 25. But with the help of the meditation, it's not difficult because this is automatic. And this is also the reason why we go from the tips of the fingers and the tips of the toes out into the room in order to let go. <coughs> There's nowhere else to go. This body is finished at those extremities. It's the only reason for doing that. There's no hidden mystery behind that. I'm just preempting a question which usually comes up. So that's one aspect, this purification aspect. And it helps us physically, enormously, if we keep on doing it. It's something that gives a feeling of lightness and... Um, being cleaned out to the body and there's less difficulty with the body it's not just good or bad luck what the problems one has with one's body it's a lot of karmic residue of course but it's also a lot of letting go of all these tensions that the mind has put in there the body can't do anything without being told by the mind. And this is actually the first step of insight. We won't be able to go into all the facets of calm and insight in the space of a week. It's too short. 
but at least a little bit. So the very first step of insight that needs to be solidly grounded in one's mind is the fact that the mind is in charge and pushes the body around and gives it a lot of trouble and also invests it with a lot of imaginary wonders. It's just something that we need in order to be human, that's all. But the main aspect of that first step of insight is the fact that there is mind and that there's body. There are two. And that the mind is the one that's in charge. And with all the care and attention we give to the body, we must give the same care and attention to the mind. And if we don't do that, our life cannot flow smoothly. It's impossible because the mind is in charge. Looking after the servant is very nice and uh, being very kind, but if the one who is in charge or looking after the employees and not looking after the boss is stupid. The boss is the one that's got to know what's going on. And he's got to look after, or she, after the employees. So what we're doing, we're constantly looking after the employee, but we're not looking after the boss. And this is something that has to be so well grounded in the mind, so utterly clear, that it will never, ever again disappear from one's consciousness. Because that is the only way we're going to remain meditative. Otherwise, it's all physical material out there. So what the mind has put in to this body as residual effects of all these emotional difficulties and reactions better, only the mind can take out. And that is that letting go process. Now in order to be able to let go of it, we have to be aware of it. You can only let go of what you've got. So whatever sensation, whatever emotion we become aware of, that we can let go. We cannot let go of what we haven't got. So the more we become aware, the more we can let go. And this is a very important aspect, and in fact it addresses two aspects. It addresses the understanding of the first step in insight, mind and body, and it addresses the purification process. And for that simple reason, for the purification process, it is a very important method. Now, it has another aspect. Those people who find it difficult to stay concentrated on the breath very often find it easier to stay concentrated in this method because a little more is going on, it's a little more interesting, and there has the, the mind does not quite get quite as distracted. At that point, you have to realize that method is method by any name. It doesn't matter what method you use as long as you stop thinking. We can use a candle. You can use a, a green button with red dots on it. It doesn't matter. So 
if this method keeps you more concentrated than trying to be on the breath, use it exclusively. Particularly those of you who are not very well grounded in meditation yet because you haven't been doing it for very long. Use it. And a consolation. When you do it on your own, it doesn't take this long. <laughs> when I go through it with you, it takes much longer. First I have to say it. Then I have to think a moment. Have I said everything that's necessary? Then, having done that, I do it myself. So I only start doing it quite a bit after I have said it. Then, having done it, I again check whether there was something I have left out, and then only do I go to the next area. When you do that on your own, all that's totally unnecessary. You just do it. And you don't have to remember which comes first. I always use the left side first so that I don't get confused. That's all. It has absolutely no other reason. You can do it any which way you like. It goes from the top to the bottom. It's taking a mental shower. When you go into the shower to take a physical shower, you go from top to bottom. At least most people do. <laughs> so this is the same here. And if you leave out a spot, don't worry. You catch it next time. You don't worry about that in the shower either, whether you've missed a little piece here or something. You know, so you just do it. And you do it at a speed which is comfortable but not superficial. You can just go through that without even having any sensation or feeling. And if you do that, it's useless, totally useless. Nothing changes. Your life remains exactly as it's always been, up and down on that seesaw. So it can't be done that quickly. But it also need not be done so slowly that it becomes tedious. So you just find your own speed. <clears throat> it definitely can be finished in 45 minutes. But you can do it also in 30 minutes. Anything slower, um, uh, uh, faster than that, less than 30 minutes, is probably too superficial. Unless you've done it already for years on end and are very already skilled at it. It's, when one has practiced it, of course, one can do it much quicker. So for those of you who find it very difficult to become attentive to the breath, use this one, even though you may not like it. That has nothing to do with it, whether you like it or not. It's not just a method to get the mind occupied and to stop all the thinking process and to have purification, which is automatic. Now, when we are attentive to the breath, it's much easier to just sort of wander off and just sit there and just have some, you know, nice dreams or fantasies. You can't do that so well with this method. So that's why it's not sometimes not so well liked. You can't just sit there and just <laughs> pretend. You've got to either do it or become aware that you're not doing it. So for those who are, have no, um, find it very difficult, please use this one. The others who can become concentrated, and there are those of you who are quite long-time meditators and are really concentrated, which I haven't addressed yet, um, is a very good method to use this once a day. 
especially here in a course where we have many opportunities to meditate. Do it once a day. It's taking an internal shower. You taking an external shower at least once a day, take an internal one. We are always putting new rubbish in. We're disliking this and we're becoming uh, very infatuated with that and there's always something in there. So it's always nice to have an internal shower. In fact, if we don't do it, it builds up to residual effects again, which are bothersome. And the more of that we have, the more of those residues we have, the more difficult our body is. It is really addressing the physical. On that level also, it has a possibility of healing. It's not designed for that, but it certainly has that. And that aspect of it is also automatic because it's a letting go. And anyone who, can, who does this method, maybe just a short time, can get rid of a headache. That's not difficult. Something stronger depends on one's concentration, more difficult. But it does have that uh, possibility. But it shouldn't be just used for that, although it's fine to use it in that way. But it's not its purpose. The purpose is the purification aspect on the physical level, which brings with it the healing aspect. There are, of course, many other aspects. And one which I will address now, which is very important, is the fact that we become aware of the four primary elements. And this is a very important aspect of insight. And maybe it's necessary to say that the way we have done it now, this method, was geared towards insight. There's another way of doing this method, which is geared towards calm. And I don't know whether we're going to have enough time to do that too, but this is geared towards insight. So what we become aware of, and that's not difficult to become aware of that, are the four primary elements, which are earth, fire, water, and air, or wind. I'll call it air. And earth is everything that's solid. So it's not difficult to know the earth element when you're sitting on a cushion. The earth element of your buttocks touches the earth element of the cushion. It's a solidity that we notice. And it's also the... That solidity is also the illusion that makes us think that we are a solid entity. (coughs) Because we can touch this earth element. It's easy to touch. It's right there. And we can see it. But it gives an optical illusion of solidity. So this is the first thing I mentioned uh, several times, solid or hard earth element. The fire element is the warmth, the temperature. Though, obviously, our body has temperature. But just as the earth element is everywhere around us, in everything, just so the fire element is everywhere around us, in everything. Everything has temperature. If you touch a blanket, it has a temperature. If you touch 
A glass, it has a temperature. If you touch a tree, there's temperature. If you're out in the sun, there's temperature. You're out in the snow, there's temperature. There's everywhere the fire element. The fire element has also the destruction element in it. Fire destroys. It is part of, or it's the main aspect of our digestion. It's the main aspect of our aging. The fire element is a destroying element. The earth element is the solidity element. It's that which appears to be holding together. So earth element is in this and in this and in the earth, in the tree, everywhere to be found. It's also, of course, to be found in the other elements. So we have the next, and the fire element is easily noticed. Then we see, notice the warmth or the coolness of the body. The water element is everything that is liquid. We can notice it inside of our mouth, in our eyes, in our nose. We have urine, we have sweat, and we have blood. And interestingly enough, we are almost 80% water. We all learned that in school. We're still looking for it, I'm sure. Where is it? But the water element is the binding element. If you put, if you have flour and you put water in it, you get dough. Water binds together. If we weren't almost 80% water, all our cells would be walking around separately. <laughs> we'd look very funny, but we'd have a much better chance of getting inside into non-self. <laughs> well, we'd probably identify with the prettiest cell, I guess. <laughs> anyway, that's conjecture, but that's holding us together, and it's also liquid. So all the elements have uh, quality, but also they have a function. So they have a quality and a function. So water element, of course, is everywhere around us, and you know that nothing can stay alive without water. So water is the underlying quality in everything we see. If the tree does not have its sap, it dies. That's its liquid. If it doesn't get some water as nourishment, it also dies. And, of course, there's water in the rain, in the dew, in the snow, everywhere we see that. And we can relate to the water element, streams, rivers, oceans, because we drink it all the time, especially here in this very dry climate. We have to drink all the time. Why? We have to replenish the water element. And we can actually stay alive without food for quite a long time, but not without water. So the water element within us, which is easily noticeable in the mouth, in the nose, in the eyes, and known to us in the urine, in the sweat, and in the blood, is a very important element connecting us to everything else. And then we have the air element, and that's of course our breath, the wind in the body, and it is also everywhere to be found. It has as its function movement. Air moves. If you have um, a ray of sunshine hitting the air, you can see that there's movement in it. Right now you can't see it because it seems to be just there. In fact, nobody pays attention to it. 
if it wasn't there, we'd all be dead. But it is always around us, but it also has the function of movement. The uh, fire has a function of destruction. The water has a function of binding, keeping together. And the earth element is a function of solidity, having hardness. Now, these are four aspects which are easily noticeable in this particular meditation method. And they are designed for insight. Because when we start noticing that this element is within, and you can pick the one you like best, start relating that element within you to that element outside of you. The earth element is probably the easiest. It's at what you can see and touch. You can touch it in yourself. You can touch it out there. The Buddha's pathway to realizing who we really are leads through the objectivity of seeing ourselves in our basic parts and not constantly seeing ourselves as a separate entity separated from everyone and everything else. The reason we have so much difficulty in our human relationships, not only one-to-one, one-to-two, but all over this globe, constant difficulty in human relationships is because we think of ourselves as separate from each other. Now, it's no use trying to feel yourself connected to somebody living uh, on the equator or something like that. It's much more important to find that connection here and now with all that surrounds you and all the people that are close to you at the moment. So when you become aware of these four primary elements through this method, and this is a good method to become aware of them, you can become aware of them just sitting here. Then try to use the one element that you find particularly interesting and hopefully one should be interested in one's meditation, otherwise one's never going to keep it going, then relate it to that same element in the other people around you and in all of nature around you. We lose by doing that and doing it so that we feel it. We lose our separation from each other, our separateness from nature around us, and we become more embedded in all that is existing. And when we do find ourselves part and parcel of everything there is, a lot of this threatening of what is outside of us is lost. (coughs) The fear that we have of being threatened by others who may not want the way we want it, who may not give us what we want because surely they won't, that life is not going to be the way we've got it figured out. All that fear completely vanishes eventually, first gets diminished, then it vanishes. When we see ourselves just being embedded in everything that exists, we are part and parcel of that snow that's on top of those mountains, water element. But it's also got earth element in it because you can touch it. And it has, of course, fire element because it's cold. So it has the air element because it's also moving. Nothing is static in the universe. 
Wherever you look, all four elements are in everything. And we are also having exactly that. This is a very decisive step into insight. There are many steps into insight. But we can't address them all in a short period of time. This one is a very obvious one and can be helpful. Not everybody finds it helpful. But give it a go, particularly if you're outside or doing your individual meditation and maybe you are outside or maybe you're just walking from one place to another, just particularly better standing still. Become aware of the earth element which is in the sole of your foot, touching the earth that you're standing on. And let go of thinking and just be with that earth, that solid element that you feel and let the sole of your foot and the rest of the hardness that you can feel in yourself sort of flow into the earth that's underneath you and see how that's all one. There isn't any me. I don't have a monopoly on the earth element. It's everywhere. Everybody's got it. And the same with the fire element. Feel the temperature of your body. Just standing still, you can feel the temperature. And then feel the temperature around you. Or touch a tree and feel that tree's temperature. And try to flow from the temperature in your hand to the temperature in the tree and try to make that not separate. At first it may be a mental exercise. By all means, do the mental exercise. The reason we don't see reality as it is because our mind is occupied with unreality. I always say we're all trying to live in Disneyland. It's not useful. If our mind gets occupied with what really is, eventually we feel it. And then it becomes that what we are. We aren't separate from each other. We aren't separate from that what's out there. Everything is connected, totally connected. And we can experience that. Somebody goes crazy and wants to start a war, so we're all affected. And somebody becomes very uh, purified and tells people how to help themselves. Many people are affected. It's always happened. It happens all the time. If we get angry at home, the whole family is unhappy. If we're loving, the family feels good. We're all connected, not only through our emotions, but also through our bodies. The body is a physical manifestation of the universe, and that is all around us. In the water, in a stream, there's earth element. Otherwise, the fish couldn't swim in it, and we couldn't swim in it, and the boat couldn't uh, go over the water. In the air, there's earth element. Otherwise, the airplane couldn't stay up there. The birds couldn't fly. All four elements are to be found in each element. But what you need to do is find them in yourself and connect them to outside. This is one of the inside methods that you can use in meditation by using this method that we've just done, but also outside of meditation, just being out there and connecting to the nature around you. You can use it even just while sitting. All of these are possibilities to see ourselves differently from the way we've always seen ourselves. 
then my problem no longer is my problem, but it's just a human problem. And when it becomes a human problem and I no longer have a monopoly on it, then it doesn't have the sting it used to have. The stings are all gone in the end. They're just human problems. Being a human being is a <coughs> difficult proposition. And being a good human being is even more difficult for everyone. And when we can see that none of us have the particular aspect of difficulty, but that this everything is connected and interconnected, and that everything belongs together, and that we belong in it, that we have a right to be there, and that we belong in it, all of these things become so much easier, so much less of a threat to us. Use this particular thing of the four elements in order to see that uh, experience a lack of separation. I'd like to refer once more to the benefits I talked about this morning for the of the um, sweeping technique. And I was telling you about the four primary elements. Now you can use the attention on these also in walking meditation. And that is <coughs> sometimes very helpful to get an insight into the extension of them, how we are constantly confronted with them. Now you know that the Native Americans, the American Indian, and the Native Australian, the Aboriginals, both had a connection to nature on a religious basis. And those of them that are still living in their old ways still have that. It's not just something out there that we can deal with in any way we want, and we have noticed that in the last decade, that we can't do that. It's far more than that. It's part of us, and we are part of it. And it's very important to find that out on an experiential basis. It's all very well to say that we're all one, and then just keep on doing what we've always been doing. It has to be experienced. If it isn't experienced, it makes absolutely no difference. But when we start experiencing a totally different connection, then we become different. We don't look different, but we still become different. So in walking meditation, as you lift the foot, the air element, air is movement, air or wind, it's movement. And also, you know very well, it's going into the air, up and forward. And as it comes down, the water element, because water is very heavy, and that's the heaviness of it. And as it touches, earth element. And as you're standing still for a moment, earth element. The connection of your earth element with the earth you're standing on, or the grass you're standing on, or the stones you're standing on. I don't know if this is um, practical here, but in Asia, we, in most places, we do walking meditation barefoot. It's more connected. So if you find a place um, where that is possible, 
it's certainly possible in the room next next door here there's no um, difficulty walking barefoot there and even outside if you find a piece of grass where you can do that the connection is stronger if it's not practical don't worry about it because earth element is just solidity earth element is also in the shoe it's a solid part of us and it's a solid part of all material so in the walking meditation air water and earth element are easily noticed i suggest not to use the fire element the temperature which is also noticeable of course because it gets the mind too um extended into too many different things to look at but those three are quite feasible and if that is too distracting too air and earth as an alternative to just watching the movement these are all possibilities to help us to gain an insight into ourselves on a totally different level not psychological but experiential based on the reality that we really are another thing which is experientially possible in this particular method we did this morning is the connection to impermanence as it happens not as <clears throat> one thinks about it talks about it or likes to forget about it it's happening when we put our attention on one spot of the body and and sensation arises the minute we take it off there the sensation is gone it might even be gone while we're still there there's a constant coming and going of sensation and feeling so this impermanence that is uh, a basic characteristic of the universe one of the three basic characteristics is actually clamoring for attention when this method is being done naturally we can see it when the breath comes in and out i've already talked about that so besides trying to gain calm and tranquility through the concentration this offers the opportunity to gain more insight more insight brings more calm and another thing which happens at the same time is that we can notice that if we take our mind off a certain sensation put it somewhere else we don't know it anymore it's gone and this is something that is helpful in daily life we don't have to react something is happening and we have a sensation inside maybe we have a feeling inside maybe anger is arising irritation dislike something is arising we can either just wait for it to disappear because we know it's impermanence or we take our mind off that which is the trigger so we need not constantly be in this reactive mood which most people unfortunately live in as a constant and because they live in a reactive <coughs> mood and are therefore depend upon what's going on around them most people have no idea what it's like to be peaceful
So this method actually shows us that we can choose our reactions. We don't have to react. We can take our mind off that which is happening or we can wait for it to just dissolve. Everything that arises dissolves (coughs) immediately. So these are several of the very useful aspects. Purification, the primary elements, the impermanence, and the non-reactive state. All four are important aspects of changing and transforming our inner being. The meditation method does it for us practically automatically. And that's why this transformation, that inner transformation, has to have meditation as its um, foundation. I also wanted to give you an opportunity at this time to ask some questions about the um, method. Um, So if you have any questions about it. Yes. Um, That time, when I got to my feet, it was more like a broader stroke than a spot. It doesn't matter. Either way, it's fine. Just so that you have sensation awareness. Is it like, uh, you mean if you do it more often, uh, will it uh, become more noticeable? Yes, certainly. Yes, practice makes perfect. Um, where you're unable to have any sensation on the top of the head, the beginning? A little. Hmm? A little. A little, okay. That's fine. That's okay. Yes? Mm-hmm. <coughs> well, uh, if it's something that is valuable, uh, retain it in your mind and keep going. That's fine. If it's just ideas, it's not. It's not necessary. But an insight is something that has a connotation of a deeper, profound um, truth and value than what we usually think about. Inside is, of course, in the mind, but it's not something that is just superficial. So if it's something that seems valuable, make a note of it and then keep going. What else? Yes. Uh, When you read us through this morning, you didn't use um, specifically the the element. I mean, is there a way of using I did. I did. If I had said earth, you wouldn't have known what I'm talking about. I said hard. I said warm, cool. I said movement. I said uh, wet, dry. I used all the elements. 
but experientially, if I had said earth, fire, water, air, you would have not have a clue what I'm talking about. You experience the water element when you become aware of the wetness in your mouth. And later I told you that these are the primary elements. What else? Yes. Um, I was <coughs> aware that there were parts of my body that I was totally um, unconscious about, like the top of my head when you mentioned that. I had no sensations that I was aware of. Mm -hmm. okay. There's a little insight there that I'm not in touch with my body, but is there more I can do with that? Uh, not in touch with your body, not in touch with the feelings, but yes, you certainly can do something about it. Where was the first spot that you had um, a sensation, an awareness of sensation? My eyes. Your eyes, okay. Mm -hmm. And now, did you do it this time in this uh, session? Yes. Mm -hmm. And what happened this time? With, was it also the eyes the first time, the first sensation? Yes. Okay. So then, when you do it again, start at the eyes, at one of them, and then move up from the eye, spot after spot, to the top of the head, and then out. And then do that five times, from the eye, up, 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 out. And after you've done that about five times, you go back to the top of the head and start again there. And that'll be all right then. Mm -hmm. And anyone who didn't have that, uh, an awareness of the sensation at the top of the head, is quite common, um, do like that. Go to the first spot where you had awareness of sensation and start there and go up. If it happened to have been the feet, that wouldn't be very useful. <laughs> <laughs> Was there anyone who didn't have any sensation? I did not have any sensation, but I had pretty much consistent sensation throughout, which was pretty neutral and pulsing. Mm -hmm. And just about, there were a few exceptions to that. Some places, maybe more pressure, mm -hmm. uh, some where my leg was starting to fall asleep, mm -hmm. more, more heaviness or sensation mm -hmm. like that. But it was very consistent throughout my whole body, and I mm -hmm. wondered about that. Mm -hmm. And was it a neutral feeling? Neither pleasant nor unpleasant? Yes. Okay. Uh, did it happen again when you did it again? I didn't do it again. You didn't do it again? No. Okay. Well, do it again. And don't go through spot by spot, but go through area after area. And uh, just be aware of the pulsing. That's fine. And do it uh, as a purification system. Anything else? Can I say a Yes, it's a totally different uh, focus and a totally different uh, approach. When you do this part-by-part uh, um, -part meditation, it's geared towards insight, not towards calm. When you become uh, concentrated on the breath, it's geared towards calm. So as it is geared towards calm, there's nothing except that little bit of awareness of the breath. 
Whereas here, there is far more. Whereas you have to keep going and go to the sensation, become aware of it, drop it, go to the next one, far more happening. But it brings insight. So it's not, this is not going to bring the, um, what is called the uh, full concentration. It can, but it hardly ever does. One has to approach it a little differently. But it is a very good concentration exercise nevertheless. But we have to also know, and this is something I will have to explain to you at another time, a very definite difference between calm and insight. And I will explain that to you tonight. There were some more hands up. Yes. What's, um, how many does this need to be? In other words, sometimes I was walking down my head or walking down the side of my face, and then something would come up above it. Or even worse than that, but um, <laughs> when, when you traced it, you said, for example, traced from the, um, the top of one head of the head to the crown, and every time I've done it, um, you know, it's some loop around my head. If I, unless I force myself to march in a straight line, it's really, you know, a sensation over here, then over here, then down here, then over here. <coughs> down here, meaning at the feet? No, no, no. I mean, say, say here, then over on the side of my head, then uh -huh. over here, then down here. Well, it doesn't really matter. It's a sensation that counts. But um, we are forcing the mind to do something that it doesn't usually do. Let me ask the question a different way. Should I pick the spot where I should feel sensation or should I look for yeah. the sensation? No, you should definitely pick the spot. Because if you're looking at where the sensation is, you might stay with your buttocks the whole 45 minutes. <laughs> There's plenty of sensation there. <laughs> Definitely pick it. One after the other. But if this goes on a bit uh, disorganized, it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. Yes, yes. First it was heavy and then it, it lost that heaviness. Yes, that's. Uh, and then when you that you know earlier you were told us to let them down with our fingers, so of course I could let go of them, but I didn't know if I should be holding on to the sensations and as I went further around because of course my mind was trying to be someplace else, so I could still be aware of all that. Yeah, uh, what you've got there is an uh, unfortunate mixture between calm and insight, and <laughs> if you have sensations which are like champagne bubbles one would assume from that that that's very pleasant. Is it? No, that's not, that's not it. If it's not unpleasant, doesn't mean it's pleasant. No, oh, it, it was, I mean, I was just aware that I wasn't unhappy to have it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I think you might have to wait till this evening's talk. <laughs> it's either. 
very pleasant or you just keep going. If it's very pleasant, it's something else again. But if it isn't, just keep going. Just do as you always, as, we, as I was going through, just go. Keep well, going. Was it very pleasant? <laughs> Think about it. Let, you can tell me in the evening if you like. <laughs> See, a, there is a very, uh, very enormous distinction between the path of calm and insight. And since most people haven't got a clue of that distinction, it gets all muddled up and put together in one pot, and one doesn't know what's going on. And that's why I keep asking the same question. <laughs> it's either this or that. If it just is, if it's just a sensation, just treat it as you do any other sensation. Just keep going. If it's enormously pleasant, that's a different story altogether. So that is... Uh, something you need to dis, um, discern for yourself, okay? Right. Yes. Yes. Actually, the, the entire, both times, the process went very well. But the first time, when we did it, it went much better because I could have a back and listen. There is one area, mainly my back, that I have had difficulties with. And when we hit the one spot in particular, I saw very vividly a picture of a uh, large boot with a black heel. Now, I didn't get any of that elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it ju I just looked at it, you know, and then as you moved on, that was fine. Mm -hmm. But um, I couldn't quite put the two together. It's not your boot. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, did it happen a second time? No. No, it won't. It happens once, and you just go past it, and that's it. And did you have the same painful spot again the second time? Yes, yes, actually, and a bit more so. Okay, so next time if you do it again, and you come to that spot that is painful, is it a large spot or a small one? How large? Well, it goes across my upper back, and it, it goes on the left upper back. It's the whole of the back. Well, the upper back. Yes. The whole of the upper back, okay. If you, if you do it again, and you come to that spot, and does it hurt you otherwise, or only when you do this me method? Always. Oh, it always hurts you, okay. So when you get there, there's a certain way of uh, dealing with that, and if that's something that always hurts you, it is something that is um, well embedded and will take a little while to get rid of. But what you can do, you can try to find, as soon as you get to that area, try to find the most unpleasant spot in that big area, because there is one spot that will be more unpleasant than the rest and then go to that one most unpleasant spot and define it by looking at it very intently. Define its size, its shape, its um, position, and then try to embrace it with your mind, surround it with the mind, try to uh, squeeze it together with the mind, making it smaller. 
but not that whole big area. There is a small area within every big area that is far more painful than the rest. And then as you squeeze it together and make it smaller, it may become small enough so that it's no longer a bother, or you may be able to push it out through the skin. Now, you may have to do that more than once, because if you've had this for a long time, and I assume you have, it, uh, it won't uh, respond immediately, and it's also a matter of concentration. But you can try. Try and use that. Anything else? Yes. Well, your body has temperature. If you feel cold, you're going to go and get a sweater. Right, but that's fine. Sometimes I don't feel... Yeah, well, in other words, uh, if I understand you right, you haven't really had any sensation by going through the body. You just knew where you were. No, not everywhere. Just a few spots that didn't seem to me. Just a few spots you didn't have sensation. Yeah, never mind. doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Yes. Yes, you can wait a little longer and uh, just a little longer and see that something arises and if it doesn't go on. But a little longer is fine. Okay, anything else? Yes. Oh, how nice. <laughs> Well, if you get the uh, a sensation of weightlessness again, use that sensation as your meditation subject. Not the body, but the sensation of weightlessness. And see whether you can remain concentrated on it for some time. And you can try that and see what happens with it. And I will explain more about that tonight in detail. But uh, that will be useful. Did that happen after you had gone through or halfway through or what? Sort of halfway through or what? Yeah, what, what about the whole body being weightless? Then you... Okay. Or you can stop right there and use weightlessness as your meditation subject. The sensation, not the body, okay? Yes. Thank you. 
Do you, do you easily go to sleep also when you start at the top of the head, only when you start at the toes? Only at the toes. No, I don't. It's very yes, it's used for that. And uh, it's very often used in yoga, uh, lying on the floor and starting at the toes to be very relaxed. But that's not our aim here. Our aim is um, insight in this particular method. So start at the top of the head. And as you go through, you will n notice all these many things which I've talked about, and it will be very useful. Don't start at the toes, okay? Right. Did anybody have absolutely no sensation awareness in the chest area? Did you have some in the second time? Okay. Sorry? And it, it came. Okay, good. It's hard. But you did get something, or didn't? Well, only the, the, the mammary area. There you got sensation. But the rest was not... It was sort of superficial, was it? Touch sensation? Yes. Okay. If there is any large area that doesn't seem to um, respond to the uh, attention, you can use small strips... Now, in the chest area, for instance, start at the left shoulder, take a strip about, about two inches wide, it doesn't have to be exact, going from the shoulder down to the waist, up to the shoulder, down to the waist, and up again. Four times, down, up, down, up, like so, and then going over to the next strip. It's very important to become aware of the uh, sensations and also emotions that arise in the chest area because we do um, connect that with our emotional life, this whole area here. So it's very important that we have uh, a good connection to that. So if it is very faint or if it's not at all existing, the awareness of sensation, it's very good to do it in the strip. The same can be done on the back if the back is not responding to attention. Yes? Um, if you feel naturally inclined to go across, that's fine too. It's just as well. Anything else? Yes. You said when you were leading us very often, you said you say you know, feel the sensation, know it, and then let it go. And I noticed that I played a trick with myself a lot, which is when the sensation was pretty intense, I wouldn't know it so well before I started telling myself to let it go. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't catch what you said. Can you repeat that, please? Sure. Sometimes. <coughs> Uh, no, I got as far as when you got as far as knowing the sensation. I didn't know what was go after so, that. So I would feel a sensation. I would let's say I'm picking a spot on my chest, is what made me remember, and um, and it was hard for me to feel a sensation there. And then, I, but I concentrate. I start feeling a sensation there, and I say, okay, great, felt the sensation, let it go, and it wouldn't go. And, um, and no, I, that's not the right approach. <laughs> the letting go is the automatic process when you go to the next spot. You've got to let go in order to go to the next spot. The reason I put that in, the let go, is to make you aware of the fact that this is what's happening. So actually, 
it was counterproductive for you. All you needed to know was, know, know the sensation, go to the next spot. That's all you needed to know. The let go was not a, an instruction. It was more an explanation. Is that clear? Yeah, but I, I'm still left with the question of when do I know that I know the sensation? <laughs> I don't think that's a valid question. <laughs> do you know you're sitting on the cushion? You're putting your attention on 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 the on the uh, on your seat and on the cushion. Do you know it? Okay. Well, so you know it. <laughs> so then you take your mind off that and you listen to what I'm saying, and then you don't know it. You know what I'm saying. Wherever we put our mind, that's what we know. And our mind is always there where we put it. This is one of the very important um, benefits of this technique, to realize that wherever we put our mind, that's what we know, and nothing else. The Buddha was asked once whether he's omniscient, and he said, no, I know that where I put my mind. It's not knowing all at once. Nobody can do that. No human mind can do that. So when you sit, you know you're sitting. When you have a sensation, you know you have a sensation. When you take your mind off it, it's gone. You know something else. Do it again and you'll get more acquainted with it, okay? <laughs> <laughs>